hustlers, road players, tournament champions. Hear the stories, get their advice, learn about their lives. Our host, Joey Ryan, brings you an inside look at the professional pool player. You're listening to the Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. Hey, everybody, it's Joey Ryan, Pool Player Podcast. Thanks so much for joining. Really excited for today's episode. Uh, I hope you guys like it. Do me a favor, uh, make sure you like it, comment, uh, share, and subscribe to the channel. Um, as we continue to grow this thing, man, we're going to you know, just keep reaching out and getting more guests and doing some cool things here. So today's guest is a really accomplished player. Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing him for the four years that I've lived in Arizona. And so each year or each time I move, you know, I move to a city and there's a player that is around my caliber, but maybe a little better. And so I strive to shoot for them to try to catch up to them. And in Arizona, it happened to be my buddy, Nick DeLeon. So I wanted to have him on. He's an up and coming player. He's a Q-Tech sponsored ambassador. And I wanted to talk with him about his progression over the last couple of years. So without further ado, here's Nick DeLeon. Hey, Nick, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing good, Joey. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. We've been meaning to do this for a long time and we finally, <laughs> yeah. we finally got it down, huh? Yeah, for sure. I remember when we were getting you all started up and everything, getting those interviews in. You were a busy man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm happy to have you on. And, you know, uh, out here in Arizona, everybody knows about you, you know, and but throughout the country, you know, you've been kind of dabbling, getting out, playing in the Texas Open, went to Mississippi, did some things out there. Um, but I want people to get to know you a little more and kind of see the type of guy you are and, and find out a little more about you. So why don't you go ahead and start off just letting people know, how did you get started playing pool? Um, not a lot of people know this, but, um, man, back when I was 10, 12 years old, I raced BMX with my family. Um, uh, my dad, my brother, my sister, um, my mom was the big supporter, so I joined it to be closer with um, my dad and to do more stuff with my brothers and my siblings, of course. And um, about 12 years old, I was in a big national event, and um, I got in a serious back accident, and I was aerovacked from the, the track. Um, I was unconscious. I was in the hospital for probably two and a half months. Um, I couldn't move my legs. I was um, two centimeters from being paralyzed. Um, it was a very scary moment for the whole entire family and me. Um, and to tell you the truth, after that event, I never picked up another bike. Um, I went out and supported my brother and my sister and my dad as long as they did BMX. Um, but it's one of those things that, um, I will always remember because my uncle introduced, my uncle Anthony introduced me to, which is my dad's brother, to pool. And ever since then, it kind of just like, um, stuck with me. So it just, I fell in love with the game. I fell in love with all of the stuff about the game, um, how challenging it was, how fun it was. And from that point period, my mom saw um, the, the love that I had for it. And by the time I was 16, um, I was going to this um, place called Pappy's. Um, it's this little sports bar. A lot of people um, around town know about it. It's no longer here. Um, it goes way back before Alexander's, um, started, which was out of, um, I believe it was Glendale, Arizona. And that's where we were all playing at. And I, my mom would take me 
um, off of school nights, of course, and I would play in the bar table tournaments. And um, I originally came out of River City Pockets, which was a pool room on 7th Street in um, um, Bell Road or 11th Street in Bell Road. And ever since then, it was just like if I couldn't get in anywhere, my mom was there to um, to be with me to um, to play in the events. But I always played once I was getting started. I was a six, you know, Arizona rating was like four being the worst and 10 minus two being the best player, which was Scott Frost. Um, and it was just the, the challenging of seeing players and you're like, Oh my God, look how good he's playing and everything else. But you know, like after a while you kind of think they drink the same water, they eat the same <laughs> food, but you think it's something special. It's just like when, um, players in basketball or football, you know, they're striving to be, you know, the next, like, you know, I mean, Dak Prescott, let's say quarterback. Um, you could say, um, never heard of him. <laughs> 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 I'm just throwing it out there, but I mean, they just push and push to be that, be that, or that Tom Brady or, um, that, those players. So that's kind of what it was for me. It was like me and Mitch grew up for years together. We started off playing each other with his dad, Warren, um, Mitch Ellerman, Mitch Ellerman and yeah. um, his brother, Tanner Ellerman. Um, we kind of grew up all in the same kind of circle. And then, um, we just went challenging from there. Like we both, we all did as much as we possibly could and entered in many tournaments as we could to challenge each other. Nick, I got to stop you, man. I got to go back. Cause I had never heard that story <laughs> about the BMX. I'm just blown away. Um, you know, like what in the world? So you're racing. B I don't think a BMX is being like a super dangerous sport, you know? So it must've been a terrible fall that you took. So you were just racing the bike and you flipped over the handlebars or something. What happened? Yeah. So, um, I was leaving the gate. I, I'm racing against my brother, um, and like six other guys. Um, uh, I could, I, I mean, I remember like it was yesterday, um, over the, the step stool around the first turn. And then we're about to hit the doubles and, I don't know what happened. Um, I just, I just literally remember flipping and I don't know if my, my, my first, um, my first tire went into the inside of the double and I flipped, but I remember waking up to, um, the ambulance, um, cutting off my shirts and, um, I saw that the, the helicopter come in, um, they air vacked me to the hospital. Um, it was probably one of the most intense uh, moments of like what I was going through. Like I did it just to get close with my siblings and to get close with my dad. Cause it was all always BMX, always BMX. I was out there like a little kid, you know, at a candy store. Oh, here's the pros. Here's the pros. I go, we got to get the autographs where, you know, my brother and my sister are racing. And I'm just like running around getting these plates signed. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, but we went everywhere. Crazy story. That's a yeah. crazy story. And you know, like, I'm sure there's a lot of pool players that wish you never had that accident and you're just stuck with <laughs> me being one of them. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things when I first got to town, you know, I, you ask around, you know, you get to town, you try mm -hmm. to find out the lay of the land. And obviously I had heard of Scott Frost and Mitch Ellerman. And, you know, I knew that those were two guys I didn't want to mess with on a pool table, you know, but then I started asking around the first tournament I played in, I, I finished second and somebody came up to me and they were like, have you played Nick yet? And I'm like, no, who's Nick? And they're like, yeah, I think you might play close to Nick's speed. Probably not as good as Nick. And I'm like, well, I need to play this Nick. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> and like right from the start, you and I started talking online about matching up and getting together. And, yeah. and, and man, it was just like when we did, 
it was just like, hey, this this is my brother from another mother. We just played. There was no drama, no issues at all. What's your philosophy on that? Because I know if you travel around the country like you do, you know, at different times and play people, I, I know at the Texas Open, you played some guy out there and it was like, you know, oh, guy yeah. in your face a little bit. But, you know, what it, what is your philosophy when it comes to matching up and playing? Um, I'm a cl- complete gentleman on the table. And um, I learned that many, many years ago. Um, Mike Williams and Susan Williams um, did a lot for me uh, when I was younger in pool. Um, they helped me out, took me to Reno, took me to the Swanee. Um, Mike Williams will tell you I'm the best passenger driver that you'll ever see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I slept the whole entire way. Um, but, um, um, learning from them about the importance of life instead of, um, the game, um, the game will always be there. And, um, it's just, you have to treat it with respect. Um, you see a lot of guys that get, angry, get upset, get mad. I'm not going to lie. I, I get mad at myself when I miss balls or I'm supposed to be out on that four ball out and I don't get out, but it's something different. Like I look at the game at all joy that we get to play a game that we love to play anytime that we want, other than when the bars close. Um, but we get to go to any competition that we can travel to. Um, I'm really grateful for all the sponsorships that I have here um, in Arizona and outside of Arizona. Um, I just, I just want to be a complete gentleman at the table, win or lose. Like I'm still going to shake your hand. Um, I'm still gonna, um, I'm still going to give you crap, you know, when you beat me or when, you know, I beat you just the sport of it. But um, I'm not the guy to cause a big scene or have a a bad match or have a bad tournament. If I lose, Um, I just want everybody to see that. Cause like, I mean, growing up, you saw all the top players and all the top players never got the respect that they deserve. And I think it was from how they were treating um, not individuals, but just treating pool in general. And I always told myself that I would try to make a difference if I ever got to that level. So, Nick, how did you get the nickname the Nikon Kid? Tell us about it. So that was really funny. Um, I had a friend out here. I was going to go to Montana for a big eight ball tournament. And I think this was like 10, 12 years ago, maybe even longer, probably 15. Um, and one of my old pool buddies said he had a connection out there that I can room with somebody. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. I'm like, cut, if, anytime I can cut corners, <laughs> you know, we want to cut corners that <laughs> save, at least save a buck or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, um, to get out to, um, another state and compete against people that you don't know. So we switch contacts. I fly in, he picks me up the airport. Um, I bring all my, all my camera equipment. Uh, I do photography as well on the side and, um, we're going and, um, he's all, Hey, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I really don't want to do the pool scene yet. I go, I actually want to explore Like, cause I've never been out here and I know it's all woods. It's all scenery. So I busted out my camera and I started taking pictures from like the car. We pull over, we stop, we see some stuff, we stop. And then we finally, a couple days later, we go to the pool room and, um, it just happened. Like I was waiting until after the Calcutta was done to start playing, you know, any way we can get an edge to like, you know, go as low as we can in the Calcutta. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but, um, that, um, and when I got out there during the event, he's the one that gave me that name. 
he was like, dude, he's like, you're no longer Nick Delio. And he's like, you're Nikon kid. And I shot with nothing but Nikon equipment. And that's kind of how it all stuck, like the whole tournament. And my name was from Nick to on the mic to Nikon kid, table, whatever. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I met, um, I met um, this guy, Mike, with Jesse Engel out there. Um, it was really, really really intense um eight ball out there on the bar table i mm -hmm. mean i mean it was great to compete um i think i took um fifth sixth out of that and um i made some really because they paid top heavy so i made really good um really good um chunk of change out there for that and then when i came back it just kind of just stuck with me like i was just telling people i'm like oh my god dude they gave me this nikon kid name out there and i'm like I'm like, I was just out there just on vacation <laughs> and that's in that. And then pretty much that's how that all started. And then everything else just kind of gradually like kept on going. So Nick, I noticed you have uh, the table behind you. You have some, uh, some weaponry on that table. Yeah. Uh, wearing your Q-Tech shirt. You got your one PKT hat. And I know, you know, you've been pretty successful, uh, in getting sponsors and folks to kind of help you on this journey. And I know there's other people that have kind of helped you out a little bit. So I want to give you a chance to shout out, uh, any sponsors or folks that have helped you along the way. Um, yeah. Um, man, Mike Gwynn with Realty One Group, he's been there from the beginning from when I started my page and I started pushing my, uh, my whole journey to see how far I can go with this. I love the game and I want to do everything I possibly can. Um, Peggy, um, her shop closed down after COVID. Um, she's trying to get something together. She was with me from the beginning. Um, I'm just very blessed to have, um, close people with me. She's now starting something. Um, she's trying to get all the websites going and everything for, um, OG billiards. Um, keeping it real is by Peggy and hopefully we see something this year with it. Um, uh, pool player podcast, my boy, Joey Ryan. Um, he jumped on board. To Who's that? Yeah, that's you, buddy. <laughs> um, he, you helped me jump on board to help me get to a couple of events and everything. Dude, I appreciate everything you do for me. Uh, Rick's images, everybody knows him. Um, he goes to, right now during COVID. I know he's not traveling, but um, he'll be back out to the big events to do pictures. Um, Adam Kroll, um, everybody knows him in Arizona for Big Time Threads. He does all of our jerseys, hats, T-shirts. He's the man to go see. Um, uh, AKA you know, my... Nick, I got to stop you. I got to stop okay. you. Like, you know, it's a good thing when you have so many sponsors that you got to refer <laughs> to some list. It's crazy. It's, it's so much like, I just, it's not even that, like I'm asked, like, it's just how I feel is that you have to be okay. Perfect example. I know you'll get into this and I'm going to jump forward, but Alex Pagaline is one of my favorite players of, of all time. It's because it's how he is on the table and it's how he is off the table. Yeah. And whenever you're sponsored by a company or by a, a player or, or, or any, anybody in the community, it's, they're not just sponsoring you to go out and wear your stuff and play great pool and everything. It's about how you are with everybody else, how you are outside of the, the pool room. So I'm just grateful that I have a lot of, I'm blessed to have a lot of people um, be behind me in this journey. And I'm just hoping that I can just pay it forward. Yeah. Well, why don't you go back to your list? Sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no, it's okay. Um, Adam Kroll was pretty much the last one, but I was going to do a shout out to my, um, my man, Mark Nelson. He does all my custom work. He does all my Q work. He's the only person that I go to in um, Arizona. And, and yeah, let's not forget 
AKA my manager, Melina Mike. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I met him. I have some really good stories with the US, uh, Texas Open if we ever get to it. But last year, um, I got the pleasure to meet him in person and um, we just clicked right off the bat. We got an action. We got an auction action. It was just like nonstop action with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the 401 about everything. So if you don't have him on your Facebook, you guys need him on your Facebook. He knows all the in and outs, matching up, events that are coming up, everything that you can think of. He's your man to follow. And obviously the one PKT brand, which yes, here in Arizona. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Travis, man, he's an amazing guy. Um, him and Scott and his partner, um, Adam, I believe it is. Um, mm -hmm. they're all taking off. They have so much going on. You guys just saw recently the post with um Roy's basement. Um, there's just so much going on. And I'm telling you, like, you think this is good? Like all the stuff that's coming out is going to be fantastic for you guys. Yeah. And so behind you, I, obviously you have the Q-Tech shirt on and I see a couple Avids over there, their new brand and their case. So tell us about the Q-Tech ambassador, um, you know, that you're a Q-Tech ambassador and what that means and, and what you try to do in that role. Um, so I was always looking for a big sponsor. I was always looking for something to be a part of and not just be a part of a pool, but be a part of a family. Um, Kyle, uh, two years ago, a year before COVID, I was out in BCA and I mean, I was trying out everything. I was trying out every carbon fiber shaft that was out at the time. You had the Revo, you had the Mez, you had the Jacoby, you had the Q-Tech, um, I know the Mutual was coming out at the same time, and I literally had two, three, 14, three shafts in my um, bag that I was using. And I, I kept on going back to the Q-Tech. I love that whatever I put on the ball, I can feel the English that I put on it. So if I'm putting two tips right, I know that not just by feeling it, but the reaction I'm going to get out of it. And that's where I stuck with it. I bought two right off the bat, turned around and sold my three fourteen threes the same day. I didn't want my brain to second guess. Oh God, I'm not working. It's not working. I need to switch back to my three fourteen threes. I eliminated everything out of my bag that was wood and went straight to the carbon fiber. So two years ago, BCA um, nationals, I was playing in the first diamond um, pro um, tournament that they had there for the 10 ball. And I just happened to walk over to the Q-Tech booth. I mean, it was bright. It was lit up. You could see it from anywhere in the room. And I didn't know who I was talking to. I went over there. I was, I was chit chatting with this guy, Kyle at the time. And I was going through all my stuff. I was like, man, I go, I really like the stuff. I go, your shafts are great. I go, tell you the truth. I'll be completely honest with you. I never thought in a million years I would have anything Q-Tech in my bag. I just didn't. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just didn't like the, the, the product that they were giving out. Like I just, the feel of it, it just for my preference, I just never thought I would have it in my bag. And then you guys came out with the, the carbon fiber shaft and I was like, man, this is amazing. And I told him I tried everything. I, I tried all the products that were out at the time and I just stuck with, um, the feel of what I was getting with the three fourteen threes. And I think that was the perfect set for my stroke. And I said, the products are amazing. I'm going to hold on to it. Um, there's no way I'm going anywhere else. And one thing led to another, he let me try out the breach um, brake cue that they had and then the propel jump cue and I was so amazed how easy the propel jump cue is and I've broken I've I've broken a couple times with the BK rush but in my 
my opinion that when I break in with it, I don't feel like I have a full cue in my hand. Where with the breach, when I was breaking with it at the time, I felt like I had everything. Like the weight was perfect, the balance was perfect on it, and it just felt like I had a complete cue in my hand. So nothing, nothing, um, you know, bad about the BK Rush. It's just my preference of it was at the time that I felt that that one was a lot better for me than the BK Rush. Well, one thing I can say is I, I kind of shared your sentiment. You know, before, you know, years before with Q Tech, I actually played in an APA league and got the MVP award or whatever it is and was gifted like the, the prize for that was a QTech Q. And I remember like taking it saying, thank you. And thinking I'll never use this Q, you know, because it, it just seemed like back in the day, you know, the, the QTech stuff wasn't as good a quality and man, they've turned it around. Uh, they, they have and everything <laughs> that they have in store for what's coming and, um, it's, it's incredible to see the work progress and I'm so happy to be a part of the team and to be a part of, um, the whole company. Like I got to meet, I was lucky enough to meet, um, the owner, um, out there in Vegas, he ended up coming out and he, we're all hanging out with Shane and it was a, it was a great time. Like it was just everybody, it was just like, you were somebody else. It, was, it wasn't like, oh, you were more important than somebody. It was like, everybody was a family that was there at the booth. Yeah, well, so let's talk about your career a little bit, your pool career. I know you also have another career and you have your family man with some kids. Yes. Um, but let's talk about um, you know, your progression because when I first moved to Arizona just 4 years ago, you were like a 690 something, maybe low 690s or 695 Fargo and now mm. you're at 719, right? Somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty significant <laughs> jump. And to do that, you got to beat some good players. So, you know, what were some of your best victories over the last few years that kind of made you think, hey, I can pretty much play with anybody? Um, I would say getting over my hump with um, with Gus Persino. Um, I think that was my toughest, um, saying in-state wise, I think that was my toughest mental part is that I had a feeling I could beat him, but I couldn't beat him. Like, like I was Superman and he was kryptonite. Like it just, we, we just, anytime we got to the table, a tournament action didn't matter what weight he was giving me. I just couldn't win. I just couldn't get there. And finally, uh, I don't know what happened, but I turned a switch off where normally a lot of people like watching their opponent play. Um, I know Tyler Seiler is like this and, um, I could be wrong, but I almost, I believe I heard him say this, that he doesn't watch his opponent play when they're playing unless um, they're jumping or kicking, right? So I stopped watching Gus. Um, probably like, I would say two years ago is probably when I did this. I stopped watching my player and I just watched them if they were jumping over a ball or they were kicking at a ball. And for me, it just brought my mindset when I got to the game, when I got back to the table, I wasn't like, oh, he got lucky and hooked me. Oh, I got, he got lucky and I'm, I'm, I'm stuck rail to rail length table. It was that when I got to the table and I knew he missed, I got to the table, my head was completely fresh. And I was just like, I have A, B and C options. And yeah. from there, I didn't let a lot get to me. My mental game was so strong. And um, we started off playing um, Junior's Trap House, um, AZ Pool, <laughs> pool 15. Um, he started doing challenge matches because everything was shut down because of the quarantine. So we we are all appreciative of Junior Flores and everybody else that opened their house in Arizona to let people come and compete and stay um, fresh with the game that they love. And 
we had challenge matches. I, I know with that we played as well. Um, you and I played, right? Yes, yes, we did. Um, that was right after um, Mitch and Gus played, and then Gus beat Mitch, and then I played. I lost to um, Gus, but I had a chance to win. So my my next step was to play him again, and once I played him again, I got over that hump. I just it was like nothing else mattered. Like nothing didn't matter who I was playing, didn't matter anything. So I I took him the two sets. We do best two out of three sets. Races the nine ten ball. Um, I beat him two sets in a row. Uh, a couple weeks later, he offers to challenge me on the big table, and I was so beat at the time because I just got done playing Chris Robinson back to back days or back to back weekends, uh, race to twenty seven with two with six games on the wire, and it mentally just drained me. I've never had to do a long session. I can't even re- like realize what a race to eleven would be feel like, or a race to fifty like Shane and Dennis and Skyler are doing. It's unreal. Uh, it is. <laughs> I mean, three days. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're you're playing pool for that time to get there, and then you're sleeping the rest of the time. You wake up, then you eat whatever. I don't know what it is, but hopefully, I can pick Shane's brain whenever I have one of those big matches. But um, I finally got over the hump. I beat him on the big table, and from there, it was just like like, like all the weight got lifted off of me. Like, and, um, I took a trip with my buddy, Joey Barrera, um, out to Mississippi to meet, um, AJ Jones, um, the donkey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's what they're calling him out there. I'm just going with it. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, um, but uh, we went out there and we played in this big Mississippi tournament. Um, a lot of pros show up. The Calcuttas are absolutely crazy little john's out there i mean people from new orleans we have tony chohan um dennis Rocolo's out there i mean like everybody's out there i'm just like and probably this is one of my biggest events that i've been there since i had that big lift out out of my like off my shoulders and i win my first couple of matches i'm feeling good everybody's really kind of talking about me we're playing on valley bar tables nine ball and rack your own so you know anything can happen on those oh, and man. so my third match coming in I have to play Dennis and I'm like, I think it was like a, a, a 13, 10 race or something like that. Like I, like he was spotting me three games and you're still, I'm, I, I, dude, I'm nervous. Like I'm nervous. <laughs> like I haven't, I don't remember the last time I, like I got to face a champion. Right. And let alone a Filipino, you know, like they're like, I, I, I say alligator blood, like they just don't go away. Like they're yeah. always going, they're always fighting for that last um, game. So I had to play him. I won the coin toss. Um, I broke and ran three right out to start. Um, my, um, I'm, my, I missed. Dennis breaks, um, breaks scratches. I have ball in hand in the one ball. I swear, I, I never thought in a million years I would do this. I'm shooting the one ball. The one ball does not even make it to the pocket. <laughs> I swear. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, did that really just happen? I'm like, yeah. I did not just do that. And I, so I just started laughing. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm like, okay, just get over. I'm like, next shot. And then Dennis comes over. He's like, ball in hand. I go, yes, ball in hand, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but I end up, um, I end up beating him. Um, I get on the hill. I get on eight. Um, he's at, he's at five. Um, and I, I miss a combo. And that costs me that game and five more. And then he's running out. And I'm like, this is it. I go. My, 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 my rush mistake. Cause I'm thinking that I'm playing on buckets. I didn't take my time and I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to be. And Dennis went for a three, eight combo and missed it. 
and then I ran out from there. Nice. Yeah. Well, and that, that's not the only, uh, you know, top player that you've been. I remember you went up to, to try to qualify for that big event oh, in Vegas. Oh, yeah. You the, a couple good players up there, too. Who'd you play up there? So the WPA qualifier, tell you the truth, the only person that I don't remember um, my first four matches, um, I played all overseas players. Some of them were from Japan, China, the Philippines, um, and Ben Sutherland, which is really funny. Every time I won a match, excuse me, he's all, do you know who just won? Who you just beat? I go, I have no idea because <laughs> I don't know a lot of players. Like, I mean, a lot of people in Arizona, they do their research and like they're watching videos for people overseas. I really don't. I just work on my game, but, um, I win and then I beat somebody else and Ben comes up. He's like, do you know who you just beat? I go, no, I don't. I go, I don't remember their name. <laughs> and then, um, this Mario guy, um, I don't remember his last name, but he was my last match of the day and it was win or lose. Win, I make it into the final bracket, lose. I have to come back tomorrow and fight to try to make top four again. And I beat him and Ben runs over to me. He's like, dude, he's all, he's all that guy won the eight ball championship, um, like two years ago. And I'm like, I have no idea who he like is. Like the world? <laughs> the world, yeah. The world oh, championship. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, really? Like, I'm like, I was just like, I mean, don't get wrong. I got a couple good roles and I played well, but it was just one of those things. I was the only American player to, um, to, to finalize my spot for the first day because it was a four-day um, event. Nice. It was, yeah, it was really, really fun. It was really great. I love playing the overseas um, players from China, Japan, because like, you just whenever they're in town i want to play and what's really cool about them they'll they'll play for 50 they'll play for 100 like they don't have to play for a lot to you know give it their all and that's what i really like about it and yeah. that's how i got familiar with fedar um he couldn't drive two years ago or three years ago he was at the q tech booth and he's i'm going to Griff. So i'm like how about i drive i drive you so you don't have to uber and we'll play 50 dollars sets even get you ready for the predator 10 ball um, championship he's all really i'm like yeah dude we got there we ordered pizza we ordered <laughs> wings dude we were sitting there playing our sets i mean i lost 200 but it was like i lost eight six i lost eight seven i lost eight six eight five like it was like and what's really cool is um 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 oh god who was right next to me uh they were all in town um two years ago i forgot his name but he looks over to me. He's all, he's all, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, we're doing cheap, like 50 a set playing even. He's all, that's the way to do it. And like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. I mean, if I saw a picture, I'd know exactly who it is, but I just can't remember. It's the guy that played DD um, about a year ago. They were doing their races to 11. Um, I think he's from um, um, China. It's not the brothers. Mm -hmm. um, um, it's oh, the guy that played um, DD. Out of Roy's basement, James. Yeah, um, they Sorry. played a big set. Yeah, they played a big set um, a year ago. Chang is it Chang? Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So he was sitting next to me practicing with somebody, and he looked over. He saw he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "I'm losing, but I'm fighting." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know but, that's 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 actually right. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people would look at that and and they wouldn't step up. You know, and, and that's one thing you and I have talked about quite a bit in Arizona. It's probably the best amateur pool scene in the entire United States. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. But it's very, um, 
segregated in terms of skill level. So you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of mixing of the skill levels, which a lot of people out here love. You know, they yeah. love to only compete against people their own skill level. But the truth is, like, if you, if you really aspire, and and granted, there's only a small percentage of people that aspire to be great in pool. But if you're one of them and you are then stepping up against somebody like Fedor and investing $200, it sounds to a lot of people like crazy. Like, why would you do that? But I totally get it. You totally get it. Chang got it. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was so it, You know, it's a night of that, that you, it's really worth so much more um, than just playing him a couple sets because you learned from it. Yep. You've, you've now networked. And, you know, what a lot of people don't realize when I started this podcast is that um, you helped me get Fedor, you helped me get Alex, you helped me get a lot of these players that you had networked with, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, those relationships really help out in the long run in a lot of different ways. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, uh, let me switch gears a little bit. Uh, I want to know, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the players that you've beaten and I'm sure there's a lot of people in kind of the Southwest that are going to be like, Oh, Nick DeLeon, let me check it out. And there's probably a lot of people in the Northeast, like who the heck's Nick DeLeon? (laughs) um, That's fine. But, um, tell us about maybe your most crushing defeat you've ever had. Do you have one of those? Uh, man, there's, there's so many coming up. Um, but, (laughs) um, I have to go with, um, uh, Mitch Ellerman, um, we've been battling out over years and years and years and, um, about 2017 or 2018, um, Chris Adams, um, owner of, um, Jackie Jacks out of Arizona. He was hosting, um, with a couple other people, a, um, nine ball or a 10 ball event at bull shooters. And I made it back to the finals. Um, I'm up. God, we're going to race to 13. I'm up eight to two, eight to three. Like I'm feeling great. And for me, I make everybody finish the game. Um, if you have a ball, a nine ball sitting in the pocket and you make the eight, I'm going to make you shoot it. Like I want the game to finish as a sport of the game. I want, I don't want to have like to. That. And mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, I know when you're on the pro tour, it could cost you a game or whatever the rules could be, you know, you have to let them finish. So I let everybody finish, um, and I scratched on the nine ball to go up nine two against Mitch going to thirteen, and it was got it was ball in hand. I went and sat down. I said, "Go ahead and shoot it." And I don't know if that lit a fire under his, you know what? But um, <laughs> he 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 shot it, and Mitch went on a run that I haven't seen in a very long time, and. Um, he played absolutely amazing and I thought I had it in the bag the whole time. And I never thought I had a chance of losing, um, that set for the finals. But I mean, it happens that, it, you know, you, you, you have stuff where some guys you get on the hill first and they break and run eight to win, or, you know, you get, you know, some crazy things that happen with pool, but that's why pool is pool. So you, but well, I got to see Mitch's high gear and that's probably one of my biggest defeats there. And then, it just instead of coping about it, it's just learning about it. And lucky enough with the streams these days, you can go back and you can watch your matches. You can watch other matches. Um, so you can just learn from do you, it. Do you do that, Nick? Do you go back even on those tough defeats and watch it again and try to learn from it? Or is it just too difficult to watch? Um, it, it's always difficult to watch your losses, right? But 
that's where you learn the most in my in my experience is oh man i could have played safe there instead of going for that crazy cut shot you know that i had no chance of going for or i want to be the hero um i've always been the, been the defensive player out here in arizona i feel that it's was one of my number one um part of my game and that i feel that it was a good thing to have in my bag is then to try to run out every time because not every time you're going to run out but playing safe and getting that ball in hand or getting a straight in shot after they kick at the ball you know it's better i feel a better defense is a better offense but don't get me wrong you know you have jason shaw and josh filler that fire at everything and they make everything and everything mitch, is spot mitch, on mitch, mitch i was thinking, yeah when you were talking about being defensive I was thinking about Mitch, and obviously Mitch is a top caliber player. He can play yeah. defense, but his he, he thinks offense first, right? And yeah. he goes for everything, and you have a little more conservative approach, would you say? Yes, correct. Yeah, I think of, like, I'm the first one to think about three foul. Like, if you break and scratch, I'm like, okay, where can I put him on two to get to three fouls? Like, it's a part of the game that a lot of people out here don't like, but you need to learn kicking. So... About five or ten years ago, um, well, about five years ago, um, Rodney Morris came out out here for his UPLA league, I believe it's called. And I, he was at Bull Shooters. I walked up to him. I'm like, Rodney, I go, I'm one of the best players in town, but my kicking is the worst kicking in my game. I go, what can you do? I'll buy your DVD. I'll buy whatever I have to. But I go, <laughs> I go, give me something to work with because I always played the safe first, so I didn't have to worry about it unless I got a bad roll and I had a kick or whatnot. I was always getting the ball in hand or I was always three found first. And Ronnie Morris showed me his little system and then he, I bought his DVD and it explains more in there. I went from probably being the worst top player kicker out there to elevating my game at least 50% just by hitting the ball. And then learning the English to kick the ball in and all that stuff. I'm just, I'm just grateful that Ronnie Morris opened up and had no problem showing me his system that he uses. Cause a lot of players don't like doing that because they feel that it just adds more competition to, um, all the bigger events and all that stuff. And I'm out here. I, I you know, I was just at bowl shooters, um, this last weekend and I had no problem, um, showing a couple people on league night, um, a couple things and their mind was blown like it just so it's just i want to give back just like how i got it and yeah i mean just like scott you know scott told me um you know two years ago that if i ever want to go further in the game that i had to slow down my backstroke and i at first i was like what are you talking about i go i'm playing really good right now he's like, yeah but if you want to play that much better he's like, you need to slow down your backstroke and I worked on that for six months, just setting up a, a 11 ball drill that I reached out to John Mora um, and he gave me the drill to do. And it wasn't about me finishing the drill, but anytime you're switching your stroke and you're moving, you're switching your arm, your whole English and your stroke changes. So the way that you used to hit the ball and you were fine with, if you're changing it to the slow pause and then going through the ball, your, your English and everything's going to change when you hit the ball. So I had to reteach myself that. And from there, once I got it down, I escalated like so increased so much of my run out ability and, yeah. um, pocketing balls cleaner. So, I mean, a big shout out to Scott for um, pulling me aside and telling me that, cause I would have never been that way. I was a straight, I was quick to the ball, just one, right. two, yeah, and and you had you would rush your backstroke sometimes. Correct. 
<clears throat> and, you know, I think one thing I'm kind of seeing from this interview and just knowing you the way I know you is like, if you approach people the right way, if you approach people with a hunger and a de desire and like a legitimate curiosity, right? These top players who a lot of people think are kind of unapproachable, they're not, they really are approachable. Like I, I gotta be honest with you. First time I played Scott Frost, uh, he scared the hell out of me. <laughs> like, we're playing one pocket and I'm getting a considerable amount of weight and I win the first game and I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then all of a sudden like a new Scott came and it was like, you know, and I thought if I beat this guy, we might be fighting in the parking lot and I probably yeah. won't like it. You know, it was just a, a different level of intensity and so it can yeah. be kind of intimidating. But I think you're absolutely right about him. I think a lot of people read him wrong. Mm -hmm. And when you go up to him with like a true question, like, Scott, help me with this. Or can yeah. you tell me about that? He will. He'll take the time to tell you. Now, if you're going to be a goof off and, you know, not care or not apply it or, or act like you're, you know, more than him or whatever, then, yeah, he's probably not going to have the time of day for you. But if you're legitimately trying to get better and same with you talk about Mora, you talk about Alex, some of these guys you've played with and Rodney, I think that is the case with any of them. Right. If yeah. you come up with the right attitude then they're going to, they're going to try to help you. I mean, you just have to be honest with yourself too. Like it's all about like, even Alex said it in your interview, you have to practice what you don't want to practice. Like if you suck, sorry, but if you're horrible, I'll rephrase, if you're horrible at jacked up shots and you never practice them, then when it comes down to it, you're in the finals and you have to do a jacked up shot and you miss it. And then you're mad at yourself. Well, you have to sit there and you have to practice those jacked up shots or the straight in balls, long straight in, whatever it is, whatever your weakness is, you have to attack those before you attack what you're already good at. Yeah. It's Alex said, you say you practice, but how do you practice? Correct. You know? Yes. <laughs> but that was a great interview. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I have some really good stories with him over in Vegas, but I mean, we have time for it. I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, heck, if you got a good story, lay it on me. Okay. So me and Chris Coronan, my boy from um, Arizona, we decided to take a trip to Vegas because they were open during quarantine. And we were hearing, hey, everybody's going out there. You know, Billy's out there. You know, Shane's going to be heading out there. Dennis, Alex, you know, all these guys are going out there. We're like, dude, this is like a mini derby. Like, I've never been to derby. and It's on my bucket list to go. But I'm just like, Chris is like, hey, let's go for four days. I'm like, okay, let's go. So we're rolling in the car. We're going out there. And he's like, hey, how much cash did you bring? I'm like, oh, like 500? Like, because I'm like, I didn't know how Vegas was when it came to action. And he's on Nick. He's like, dude, I have 5,000 just sitting on me. And I'm like, I'm like, how are you okay carrying that much cash? I'm like, I feel like I'm like, am I going to get robbed? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm always thinking of Nick. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, we stopped at the bank. I pulled out some money. And we went back to um, Griff's. And I mean, everybody's there. We're sitting on the rail. Everybody's in action. Um, you have JRB playing. You have Tommy playing. You have Alex, you know, hitting and everything. And finally, we're like, okay, well, let's do some side betting. So we're like, hey, Alex, we're like, will you play the 15 ball rotation ghost? He's all, he's all, yeah. He's all, he's all, but I get to move one ball after the break with the ball in hand. And we're like, I'm like, okay, what do you want to bet? He's all, let's bet 500, race to five. And Chris is like, dude, done. Like, you have to move, you're only moving one ball. I'm like, we're good, right? And we're watching him. We're watching, and we're, he's playing on four and eight pockets. So the three tight yeah, tables. The, one yes. of the front tables. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, and warning cloth. And like, so the table's even tighter. Um, and we're up, we're up three to zero. 
I'm like, dude, we're feeling great. We're like, dude, yeah, I'm like, dude, this is money in the bag. We'll, but we'll roll it back and give them another chance, right? And we're already talking ahead. Like, we're winning this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we get up 4-0. And we're like, dude, we're rolling. I go, how about we ask him to, um, he's like, no, let's just let it finish. I go, well, no, we can ask him if he wants it out. You know, let him out, you know, since he's down. And Alex breaks the next rack. And he breaks horrible. And the two balls free, the one ball's free, and he gets ball in hand. And he moves the two ball and he puts it by the side pocket. And I'm like, I'm like, what is this guy doing? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this is insane. And I'm like, I'm like, why would you even move a ball that's not even tied up? Like, right. you know, and and he shoots the one, he shoots the this is so crazy. He shoots the two ball off the seven in the side pocket. The seven goes down and breaks up the five balls that were tied up. <laughs> and he runs out. And I'm like, Chris, we're in trouble, dude. Next level. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it just goes. And every time, every game after that, it was like that. And like, it was like he was in dead punch, perfect shape, perfect out, break out this, no problem. Like, it was the best $500 we lost out there. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the craziest things. And he's all, Nick, he's all, this is like normal for me. And I'm like, well, afterwards, we're like, what? He's all, yeah, he's all, he's all, I do this all the time. Anyways, like Alex was telling us the story about him and how easy it is for him. And like, this is what he always does. So it's almost like um, he does it on a regular basis and, and forces himself to, um, to play different games and to play all rotation games. And it was just one of the one of the craziest things that we saw out there. And like I said, I will never forget it. And, and he was like the whole jokester guy, like during the whole set, you know, and all this stuff, like it was just no bad attitude. It, he was so much fun to deal with. It's one of those good things that you like about certain people. Yeah. So, so Nick, you know, I want to ask you about your future aspirations and, you know, I give you a hard time a lot because I'm like, well, why don't you get out and do this? And why don't you get out and do that? And you're a working man and you have kids and, you know, those are very important to you, obviously, and you have priorities, you know. And so um, what are your future aspirations and pull? How far can you go? Um, that's what I want to try to push um, as much as I can. I work full time. Um, I have two amazing um, kids. Um, about to be three with my um, wonderful lady, um, Dory, that I met um, over a year ago. Um, what? No, no, she has a she has a child. I was saying. Oh. She has a, no, <laughs> You're breaking the news on Pooplar. That would be the first. Like somebody breaking the news of a pregnancy on Pooplar podcast, but I guess, no, false no. alarm. <laughs> no, um, uh, you know, like, it's all about support, right? You know, you have to have, you know, you know, I have Arizona, you know, behind me. I have a lot of fans behind me. I have a lot of sponsors behind me that helps me push my game. I have a lot of competitiveness um, to strive to be one of the top players um, in Arizona and, and possibly outside of Arizona. But it's hard to juggle when you work full time and you have two kids and um, a family. And it's just one of those things that like, but if it wasn't like right now, I feel like I'm playing the best pool in my life. And I want to say it all has to do with Dory. Like, like the support that I get from her is absolutely amazing. Nothing I've ever felt before. And she shows it. She, she tells me to go get it. Like it's, it's, it's something else. Um, I was in a, 
I was in a tournament in um, Vegas back in February before I went to um, Alabama. And she came out to watch one of my first events other than the Arizona versus Vegas. And I was playing phenomenal throughout my whole events. And this is my first competition back before, you know, I had the six months off. I was back in California working. And I had Warren Camco. He was giving me eight, six alternate break on the bar table, 10 ball. Um, I get up three to three to one. I feel like I have it in the bag and I pretty much hand a silver platter to him. You know, I, I break, I break, I, I can't get out. I, I break, I scratch. He breaks, he scratches, I'm running out, I can't get out. Just silly stuff happening. And at first I was like, man, I go, man, it's me, it's me. I, I go, I, what am I doing wrong? I go, I have this, like I could get there. And he ends up beating me. And afterwards, I'm just like, not moping, but I'm just like, man, how did I lose that? Like, I go, I had the whole edge from the start of the get-go, from the break to the end, and I just couldn't finish. And I, of course, don't get me wrong, you know, Warren Kamko is uh, by far for me, one of the most underrated Filipino players that is out there. And he yes. has, has, he plays phenomenal and it's nothing against him, but it was just my personal, my game was going on. Like, why couldn't I finish to beat him? And I was just kind of like in that mood and I'm just like, man, I go, okay, you know, and I let her know, like my, my lady leaves. And I'm just like, I'm like, where'd she go? I'm like, where'd she go? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm messaging her and she's all, she's all, no, no, no. We're here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. And she reset my mindset. And ever since then, like, I just feel that every day that I get out to play, whether it's, whether I'm trying to play one pocket and I'm trying to get better at my 10 ball break or whatever it is that anything I'm in, like, there's no like second doubt. There's no, Oh man, I missed that. It was just like, okay, whatever, you know, okay, I'll wait for my next turn. But I'm having a fun, I'm having a good time. My mind has changed and she helped me with that. And I feel that everything has just gotten better and better as um, as I've been going. And I'm hoping that it just continues and I just have all the support to push my game and hopefully I can get some to matchroom um, events. So that's my goal uh, for this year, if not next year. Um, I wanna- That'd be awesome. I want to be able to compete and try to um, get the point list in the match room for the um, Moscone, my, my, my main goal, see if I can get there. Uh, before you get to the Moscone Cup, who would you pick for like next year's team if you were the captain? Man, that's tough because... Put you on the spot, brother. No, that's fine. Um, man, I'm a, big, <laughs> I'm a big, big fan of Billy Thorpe. And... I understand what he did and all that stuff and everybody has to learn from it. And I love him no matter what. And I'm a big fan of his and it sucks that that's one player less that that Arizona or that us has in the Moscone cup, but you have to go with Shane. Um, you have to go with Skyler. I mean, those are your top two picks. Um, Chris Robinson showed a lot of heart last year and did really well, um, last year, but, um, it's so tough to pick top five because you have so many good rotation players that play. And there's a lot of rotation players that are not even established or that don't even get out from whatever state they're, you know, they're from. So like there's, I mean, I guarantee there's guys like me or if better than me, um, Danny Olson, another one, you know, that Chris and him just had that big match. Danny plays phenomenal. Like his yeah, stroke does. and his smoothness, like I would like to see him have a chance on it, you know, but it's just, like I said, it all comes down to, you know, the points and then you have your wild card. 
Um, I'm trying to find out through Matchroom to see what all the upcoming events are because I want to be able to take a shot and try it. I've always wanted to be a part of it, whether I'm supporting it or I can possibly be um, a, a contender. Um, but it's just what you, you have your goals and you, you set little goals to reach your big goals. So um, that's pretty much what I'm doing. But it's just so hard to pick other players um, that um, don't have the, that that don't have the experience that you want them to shine, but you don't know if they're going to. I mean, that's why he grabbed Corey. Well, um, I'll let you off the hook there. I'll let you off the hook. Yeah. You don't have to come up with names. But I, I do want to know, because you've come so far in the last three or four years, I mean, you were, you were always a really good player, but you've really jumped to the next level now. Uh, what advice do you have for other players out there that are, you know, kind of knocking on the door of that next level to, to kind of make that jump? Um, man, clear mind, clear mind, positive thoughts, whether you win, you lose, um, be the same person on and off the table. You have pros that come into town, ask them to play for a hundred, ask them to, you know, afterwards, if he can tell you what you're doing wrong or whatnot, it's all mental game. Like we all know this, this whole thing is all mental of how well we play and how well we can play. Um, there's a reason why we play a lower player and we play absolutely perfect. And then we go play like a Shane or a Dennis and you go, why am I playing like three balls less than what you normally do? It's because you're not used to playing those guys. And after I beat Dennis on the bar table, it was bar table, but I beat him on the bar table. I went out to Alabama and I had to play him in the 10 ball single elimination race to nine alternate break. And Nobody really knows me out there besides a couple players. Um, I am on the stream behind me, Tedder and some guy Sam is playing for X amount of dollars. Everybody in the room is watching both tables. Um, I, I jump out to a five to two lead. Um, I'm playing great, uh, making a little errors and I'm running out. I break and run out to make it six two. I miss the nine ball to make it six two alternate break. And instead, it changes to 6-3, and then by the time I know it, or sorry, it was 5-3, and by the time I know it, it was 6-5. I ended up losing 9-7 to him, and I made three mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just it doesn't matter what lead you have on them, you have to finish. And the only way you can do that is by playing better players. Regardless, like, I'll play people. If they want to come and play me, I'll give them a small spot and I'll play them for ten or twenty dollars or fifty dollars, whatever they want to do. But I don't have to say sit here and go, "Hey, I need to play for two thousand or I need to play for a thousand. Like, I got my practice in by playing all these guys for cheap. Like even Dennis said, "Hey, I'll play you races at night, alternate break anytime you see me for a hundred or two. I mean, that's cheap to play a champion and Heck they box yeah. and get greased up. Like, yeah, murder me. Like, I mean, that's how I see it. It's like. You're not going to learn by getting in there, but once you start jumping in those pro events and you're playing those caliber of players, then it's like going to be like a natural. Like there's not going to be a lot of nerves. There's not going to be a lot of second guessing. So it's just that you just have to push, and you can't be discouraged because somebody plays better than you. Because at one point you're going to overcome that. Is there a player out there that's like you know maybe just above you or about where you are that you'd like to play? Like somebody who you think would be a good challenge for you? Tell you the truth, I think Danny Olson would be a great challenge for me. Um, not to put him on the spot because I got to meet him in Vegas in the Swanee and I got to watch him play. Um, 
I love his demeanor while he's sitting down, while he goes and shoots, and his stroke is so smooth. Um, I, I don't mind, like, losing. Like, I want to I be able to compete. And um, I just think that right there, like, he's like 745-ish, right? He's right there with Chris Robinson. Yeah. I just like his whole presence of when, he, when he's playing pool. Yeah, and, you know, he's an amazing player. He's a tough interview. I got to tell you, for somebody who does interviews, <laughs> it was tough to get information out of him. But great guy and great player. And I'd love to see you two match up. But, you know, I have a little surprise for you now, Nick. You had no idea about this. But uh, since we started talking about matching up and you playing somebody, you know, there's a word around town that you can be kind of a nit, you know. And so I had to bring in somebody here. <laughs> who said who said nick de Leon was a nit that's what i want or, or matter of <laughs> fact who didn't say who didn't say it dude i last time i ran into chris <laughs> robinson at the swatting he's like dude i love you and mike's interaction calling each other a nit and whatnot i go dude it goes way back to i go i'll tell you the story and i'm gonna tell him i'll put him on the spot right now we're in the texas open last year at skinny bobs and we're we're about to um we're we're bidding on players in the um the, the one pocket I believe it was, and we're oh, we're partners boring. right. So I'm like, hey, I'll go ahead and take them. I think it was Omar we were um, going after, right? I don't even remember. I think okay, it was so the one I think pocket. Omar we're going after, and I go, hey, I'll take care of it. He's like, okay. He goes and gets a drink. He comes, sits back down. The guy's like, oh, we got three hundred. We got three fifty. And I go, okay, we'll take three fifty. And like, so he's he's sitting there still, and yeah. he's like. I go, come on, we got 400, we got 400. This is cheap for him, but this is cheap. And literally, going once, going twice, Molina, oh, 450. And I'm like, dude, we're partners on this. I did. You're paying that extra 100. And that's when the whole knitting started going back and forth. Yeah, that was probably the worst Calcutta experience ever. He's my partner. I I had no idea. I'm walking up and Ray's doing this whole (laughs) spiel that he does he's stone cold stealing like how ray hansen does it and uh i would look at nick like why the, why the hell aren't we bidding man and i just fired it like i'm sending i'm sending a message i'm sending a message that who's ever got him at that price we're taking him and then nick looks at me like what in the hell are you doing so but we did all right we ended up uh we ended up getting first place in the one pocket so yeah did and, superman and then, and then we, Berto gomez came through and beat dennis yeah yeah, yeah we didn't got him for like eight fifty, and he took half of himself. It was a fun time. Well, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, Nick. You know, Mike calls you a nit all the time online and everything. Yes. But every time I talk about going out to play some pool, you know, here I am feeling my oats. I'm like, I'm ready to go out and hit some. Melina's like. I got somebody you can play. How about playing Nick? Why don't you match up with Nick? <laughs> Nick will play you. I'm like, why, why don't you leave me alone, man? We've already played like a Except million times. Except the bar table eight ball game because we already saw how the bar table eight ball game went with you two. I think Nick dominated the first set, if I'm not mistaken. And then Joey just got this hair up his ass and just came back and won, I think, the next two sets, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and Sometimes you just get tired of getting beat. I got tired of Nick beating me. I mean, as nice a guy he is. You know, after a while, I'm kind of like, you know, I don't know. But uh, how did y'all end up in the one pocket? Speaking of with his one PKT hat, which those are good guys. Okay, so this is really good, Mike. I want to tell you this, and I want all the viewers to listen to this because, you know, this kind of shows the type of guy that Nick DeLeon is. So we're playing at the new. So Freezer's changed his name. What's it called now? Um, Um, Monitor Social. 
social yeah media. mills modern social so we're playing there we had no idea what time they close or anything so we start playing we're doing a race to four one pocket right and i win the first set <clears throat> i think hill hill wasn't it nick yeah yeah and so uh so I'm up a hundred and then we go to play the second set and Nick's up three to one. And I mean, I'm just, I'm losing every game by a lot. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, we're going to break even here. Well, we're in the, what was it? I think it was three to one. Yeah, You're was, up and the waitress comes around and says last game. Okay. Well, I won that game or no, it was three to nothing. And I won that game to make it three to one. Right. Yeah. Which Nick's yeah. got to be kicking himself because all he had to do is win that game. He would have won. Ooh, and totally. so Nick's like, okay. And he hands me a hundred dollar bill and he says, we'll play next time. I said, you don't have to pay me for that. And he's like, no, I want to pay you for that wow. first set. So we're going to start playing again with me down three to one, you know, for a hundred dollars. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like who does that? Hey, hey it makes it a lot tougher to call him a nit after hearing him. a story like that, you know, you're, exactly. totally, you're killing it now. Actually, if it wasn't for Nick DeLeon, because People don't know this, but Nick was actually the one that introduced me to Joey. So if it wasn't for Nick, uh, well, both of you guys going to the Texas Open last year, then who knows? The you know the rest is history. But it was actually because of Nick. Nick was like, "Hey, I want you to go and and um, go have uh, dinner with a friend of mine, Joey." And I was like, "I said, is that that? Is that the the uh, the redhead, the uh, full player podcast guy?" And he was like, "Yeah." And my and my wife would text me and she's like, "Who are you gonna go out to eat with?" I said, "My buddy Nick and this guy." I don't I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and like what's funny, enough, and, car. Yeah. We didn't have a car to go to the steakhouse. So I had to go yeah, up that's to right. Thomas because I was staying with him at um, Ken's house. And I go, hey, can I borrow your keys? I go, we just need to go across the street to go to the steakhouse. And he looks at me. He's like, yes, he's all, but this is the rules. My lady will kill me. He's all. Yeah, he said. But ladies is okay. <laughs> <laughs> and no smoking in the car. Yeah, and he's all, here's the keys. He's all, but seriously. I'm like, no, hey, hey, we're clean as whistles. We're going to eat and we're coming back. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, so I interviewed Roberto not long ago for the podcast, and I, I reminded him, he, he forgot all about that, but Kelly was on with him. And Kelly was like, you let out our car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, "Whoops!" Hey, and I think next time, I think I owe—I know I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure I owe Joey dinner already. Definitely, I haven't paid up yet, and I'm pretty sure Nick Nick will say I probably owe him like 18 dinners. Yeah, no, eight. no telling. I'm gonna make. Are it. you signed up for the open, Nick? Um, so here's the thing: I start work. Uh, I start. Well, I my schedule changes or whatnot. Um, starting tomorrow. So um, when I go in tomorrow and I go to do stuff, um, I'll be able to um, talk to him because I told him I have some stuff going on at the end of July and the end of um, August into September. So um, that's the plan. Well, sounds like can, a maybe. No, I, I, I might have a buddy of mine who might take your spot if you have it already. No, yeah, yeah everything's but, but I hope you, but I hope you get to come down though. in full. So Melina, you missed uh, the first 55 or so minutes of this, and I asked quite a few questions of Nick, um, but I do want to know if you have any questions uh, to ask of him. I know you've followed his career over the last several years, and I know you're very fond of him as a player. Yeah, he didn't um, like him. I am. Yeah, so what, what, you have anything you want to ask him? I love, I love busting Nick's balls about <laughs> stuff, especially about being in it. There's no doubt about that. But I actually want to ask you a question, Joey. Me put you on the spot a little bit because I well and then and then I'll respond with what I think. But um, where do you put Nick DeLeon like in the grand scheme of American pool players? 
So, you know, we were just talking about this uh, in terms of like the fact that Nick's got other priorities, right? If he were one of these guys that would go on the road all the time and just be out there in every single event, I have no doubt he'd be in the top echelon of players in the U.S. Um, but he's got priorities. He's got kids. He's got a job, you know, so it's it's a balancing act for him, you know, and I think, do I think he can be a 750 player? Yeah, I think he can be a 750 player. Can he be an 800 player? Not without, like, at this point in his life, he's got to, like, fully immerse, you know, and, and you know, yeah. if you talk to Nick just for a minute, kids. yeah, you know the type of guy he is, and he's not going to leave his kids, like, just knowing that he's some pool player out there, you know, he's with them every, every weekend and spending time with them, so, you know, and, and Nick, that's not a knock on you, man, that's no. actually a compliment. No, you know? Yeah, what do you think, Mike? Tell you like, well, well, I mean, you guys are are both friends of mine, and you know that for better or worse, I can be a little honest sometimes, you know. And maybe maybe my positioning may not always be the best, but I try to be. Um, I try to just tell it like it is, as far as how I see it, right? But I, but also have perspective, and I I love Nick's game. I do. I I think if if he's playing, that's the thing, right? Like you said, and it's hard because when you have a full time job and you have kids, it's hard to find pool players who are responsible you know and that can go and and play at an elite level but um i think nick's one of those guys that are just like on the cusp and what i guess what kind of frustrates me is is that i think nick checks off a lot of like matchroom check boxes when i think about american players right he's he's his social media presence good looking guy he plays good pool he does things the right way you know, maybe not. Maybe not right now. You gotta shave a little bit, like me. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it, that, that's the reason. Yeah, he's got that image. He checks off. Yeah, for sure. And you have to. You if in the in America, when it comes to Matchroom and Moscone Cup and stuff like that, I think it is very wide open. I think there's three, maybe four spots that are locked up. But I think that last one is very much up for grabs. And if Nick went and played great, who knows what can go and happen? And I'm not just saying that because I. I like Nick and he's a buddy because I would, and I've, I've told him this in, in private before too, you know, but he can be a little nitty when it comes to making a game. And that's for sure. But I like being on the side though, because hey. he usually gets in, he gets in pretty good, but his 10 ball break is tough to fade. I, when, when I jumped in, you guys were talking about playing somebody with the big 10 ball break. Was it Danny Olson? Yeah. Nick, Nick called him out. He basically just called him out. No, I didn't call him. I just, <laughs> he suggested if I could pick somebody in that group, who would I pick? And, I feel that after watching him play Chris Robinson and watching him in Vegas of his his preference around the table and on the table, his stroke is so smooth. I feel that it would be a good matchup. Not, I mean, I might even need a spot, but that's like <laughs> my man. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I was like, this is, this is too, who is this guy? This can't be Nick DeLeon. But, but, hey, hey, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that the guy plays very good and very smooth, and I like his character, and I feel that it would be a good matchup. Yeah. No, it, there, there definitely will not be any questions when it comes to lack of character when it comes to you guys. You guys have a both have a very big 10-ball break, but on that subject, I heard Chris might have found his break. That, that, that's what the word may be. Robinson? So, yeah, I hope so. Reinhold. Yeah. I I, yep. Reinhold. Yeah. Reinhold. Get it right, buddy. But no, yeah, there, I heard I heard he might have found his 10 ball break. So. There's no doubt and about it. Like it's everything. You know? He it was is. gonna he was gonna find it because he's just someone who works on it. You okay. know, you knew he was gonna work on it. 
Well, hey, look, guys, we got to get this wrapped up. Melina, I appreciate you coming in here to to rib our buddy here, Nick DeLeon. And and, and Nick, I got to tell you, man, it's been a pleasure having you on. We've been meaning to do this for a long time, and it's ridiculous because we live like not too far from each other. (laughs) But Mike, what you missed, uh, Nick gave a shout out to his lady who's been incredibly supportive, and she's got to get the pool leak. So Nick's got to get her over to pool league tonight. He's got her playing pool and everything. So, uh, oh, man. yeah. Happy so Nick, wife, thanks so much life, for right? coming on, man. Boys. Yes, sir. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick, thanks, man. We wish you all the best and, uh, we will certainly keep following your career, man. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. Love you guys. You Nick. Later, thanks for jumping on. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> thanks boys. Yeah. Yeah. See you guys. <laughs>